0: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's Friday, which means it's news panel time. Michelle and Joita are standing by, but Joita standing by in a new spot this week down the hall in Studio One. Joita Gupta, good morning. Hello, Joita. You're,
1: good morning James. there we go there now we've go. got joita
0: your boy was about to storm out your boy was about to storm out and call it a day uh and we also heard michelle laughing there good morning michelle McQuig.
2: good morning yeah. i was gonna say we're never free from tech gremlins are we no
0: they are omnipresent uh guys let's jump right into our first topic former federal green party leader elizabeth may is once again running for leader of the party with a twist, she's running alongside former human rights worker Jonathan Pidno. The six candidates vying to lead the party were released this past Wednesday, including one other joint slate and two standalone candidates. Joita, this political story caught your attention. Why?
1: Um, I'm pretty sure when Elizabeth May stepped down in 2019, she said she was never, ever going to run again. No, she was done. Thank you very much. It was time for somebody else to take over. And yet here she is running again. We know the Green Party has had, uh, forgive the understatement, a little bit of chaos in uh, in the aftermath of the last federal election. So I would be very curious to see Uh, whether any other candidate even stands a chance. And I wonder to myself, what does this mean for the the Green Party of Canada when it feels like we're really talking about the Elizabeth May cult of personality, besides which this whole idea of co-leadership? Well, I'm really intrigued by it because... Um, in theory, it seems like it might be very promising, but I don't know if it'll really play out.
0: Juita, I'm going to bounce the ball right back to you here, because lay out a little bit about what they're trying to do here, enshrining co-leadership, is seemingly a tenet of the party.
1: Well, they're not quite there yet. Uh... What Elizabeth May and her running mate have promised is that if either one of them is elected as party leader, then the other person would be deputy leader. And then they would work to enshrine co-leadership into the party's constitution. So first they'll get elected and then they'll try and push through the change. They've said that other green parties around the world have embraced co-leadership as a way to share responsibilities and to bring in different skill sets that complement one another. So it's an idea that is experimental, that There is some eagerness to try, but like I said, it remains to be seen whether they'll actually implement the changes uh, that are being proposed and how they'll actually play out in practice, well, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to take, you know, wait and see, as they say.
0: For a party that just had a civil war, I find the idea <laughs> that like doing this joint leadership thing may not be the uh, may not be the wisest decision. Hey, let's do more splitting down the middle of our party and see if we can get more camps going. Uh, Michelle, before we jump into the joint party side of this, uh, your reaction to Elizabeth May once again throwing her hat in this ring.
2: Yeah, I, I, I seem to recall the same kind of sound bites as Joita, but I actually remember on election night uh, watching the coverage and hearing Elizabeth May go into more of an attack mode against enemy Paul than I had seen her do up until that point. And I remember thinking, I wonder if some ground is being laid here for some kind of quote unquote comeback. Uh, So, I can't say I was super shocked, but it definitely is an interesting development, and I'll be interested to see how that goes, because, like you said, the the party's messaging currently is all about renewal, but reinstating the previous owner, if that's, in fact, owner, leader, pardon me, um, would seemed to sort of undermine that messaging, uh, despite the presence of a, a new and much younger person on the ballot. That Jonathan Pino is like 32, 33, something like that. But it's, uh, it, it's an unusual kind of move and one that I'll be interested to see if you can get your head around. The one argument she does make that does hold a bit of sway is that the party leader could potentially have a little bit more impact if they have a seat in the House of Commons. And of Mm. course, Elizabeth May currently is one of the only two Greens in the House.
0: And that's been the case for a long, long time. Uh, Joita, you you have to forgive me. With so much going on today, my my, my ears are not working all the way properly. But I think you used the word cult of personality. Maybe your tongue was a little bit in your cheek there. But I don't think you're all the way off in that assumption that the federal Green Party in Canada is Elizabeth May, exactly. and Elizabeth May is the federal Green Party.
1: You took the words from my mouth, Dave. We are sharing a brain. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a little concerned about this. If you'll allow me to indulge in a bit of abstraction, what is good leadership?
0: <laughs> if, if you'll allow me later in the show, uh, which I fully <laughs> plan to go abstract, then yes, I will allow you here.
1: Uh, well, let's ask ourselves a philosophical question. What is good leadership? To my mind, good leadership is setting up a situation where you plan for a successor where it doesn't just come down to Elizabeth May is the Green Party and the Green Party is Elizabeth May. We know that one of the two seats that the Green Party now has is a fluke out in Kitchener because uh, the liberal candidate ended up bailing at the last minute. And, you know, so that's how the Greens ended up getting that second seat. But for a long time, Elizabeth May has been the most prominent and enduring presence for the Green Party. She's been leader for about 13 years. And despite the longevity of her term as leader, she had not really done a lot of succession planning, as I think became evident with what happened with Annemie Paul um, and a lot of the chaos that stemmed from that. That's not good leadership. That is a real flaw in a leader who does not put in place adequate succession planning. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is that Elizabeth May has gone on public record and said um, that she has made mistakes but and Michelle can correct me if i if I miss something, but i haven 't actually heard a peep about what those mistakes are and how she actually intends to rectify them so all of this is you 're not missing all, anything if yeah helps. Know, all <laughs> of these things are putting up a lot of red flags for me where it almost seems like with Elizabeth May running, she's going to eclipse other candidates. It really feels like it's a foregone conclusion. But I would really wonder if it's in the best interest of the Green Party to be sticking with the tried interested, trusted and Jested Elizabeth May.
0: I, I I will still go on record and say the party certainly did enemy Paul dirty. Like they absolutely pulled the rug out from under her. I will say she didn't help herself in some of her media statements and some of her presence with the media following the rug being pulled out from under her. But yeah, they 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 did Anime Paul real dirty, and it does seem like we're just sort of trying to reset here. Which then makes me think, Michelle, the future of the Green Party, the the relevance of the party as. The Liberals and the NDP have certainly shifted their environmental policy over the course of the last decade or so. Even some conservative leadership hopefuls are sort of okay or somewhat tolerant of the idea of a carbon tax or at least cap and trade. What kind of space does that leave for the actual party?
2: Yeah, that kind of is the question of the day. And that's where I think a lot of the leadership conversation is going to focus because there were some really interesting Trends that emerged when you're looking at the vote numbers from the last election. Um, Various parties made gains. The People's Party made gains, for instance, but the Green Party bled support, and it seems to have gone every which way. They were sort of a bigger... You know, they went from being the party with the the environmental party, the one who was always going to push the environment as the top priority item, to losing a bit of that focus. I think, and people who might have flocked to the Greens as a bit of an alternative, uh, I think, got a little confused along the way as to where exactly they stand and what they stand for. Now, given the increasing. Uh, pressingness and importance of the climate emergency. Maybe there is still a space for the Green Party in that conversation to to push for f- further action, but that's where it gets a bit tricky because you you are talking about a party with two seats in the House, so their, their sway is limited there. Um, it, I really think that it's going to be the central question that the leadership candidates have to wrestle with is carving out a cohesive vision that has some appeal and can try to gain back some of that ground. Um, really quickly on the on the subject of the leadership itself, I do find it interesting that despite the sort of re emergence of Elizabeth May and her, her longtime sort of leadership of the party, we still have. Four, if you know, three to, to four, depending on how you want to look at it, other people vying for the leadership. You can't possibly tell me that there weren't rumors circulating within green circles that Elizabeth May was going to make a comeback. And yet we still have a fairly robust slate of candidates uh, who are keen to take a run at the leadership so that to me speaks a little bit to some of the schisms that might still remain as right well.
0: that they to close the book on that yeah that there, that there certainly is mm-hmm. a vacuum inside this party right now in regards to where they want it to be because that was part of that was part of the beef with the enemy Paul that they, they were trying to figure out just how progressive they wanted to be and they walked right into an Israel Palestine mm-hmm. debate like they walked right into it and then they had a miserable time and then of course there was the fighting of, of the liberals uh, luring over one of their one of their elected officials it, it was it was a whole political thing, but they fell right into the trap and the grenades went everywhere. Joita, this is where I end the conversation, handing things back to you. What do you think about the relevance and future of this party based on the current political landscape?
1: Well, as you mentioned earlier, a number of parties have adopted positions that are friendlier to the environment. Nonetheless, there is a deepening environmental crisis and climate change is, as always, a tremendous problem. So I wouldn't go so far as to say that the party is entirely irrelevant. There is, I think, still a need for a party or a voice in Canadian politics that takes an uncompromising stand on the environment, that isn't about making deals and trying to find the middle road, but that comes down and says, we really need to prioritize the environment. We need to prioritize the climate now. One of the things that's been really interesting to observe, Dave, has been uh, the really impassioned engagement on the question of climate change, particularly, but the environment generally, when it comes to the youth, not just in Canada, but around the world. But certainly here Mm -hmm. in Canada, we've seen a lot of youth activism related to the climate. And yet those young leaders or those young climate activists do not appear to be plugging into the green party Mm -hmm. and that is something that makes me wonder if they're really resonating if the 68 year old elizabeth may is really resonating with younger climate activists Uh, the other thing i'll say on the point about leadership is i think it's just going to confuse voters in the next election they'll be wondering who's in charge of this if you have two people running the show at the green Mm -hmm. party so you know I think there's still a place for the Green Party here, especially if they stay away from uh, things like foreign policy. As you again identified the Israel-Palestine conflict, they walk right into that one. That's how they're getting into trouble when they move away from what is their mandate, which is to advocate for the environment and start to get into other issues that are not directly related to their core mission and mandate. So I think as long as the Green Party stays committed to its central vision of promoting uh, climate, of talking about the environment, and they stay out of everybody else's lane, and when it comes to other issues, they may still remain relevant, but I think they become mired in controversy and get into a heap of trouble when they deviate from the environment and talk about other things.
0: Mm, That's well put, well said. Guys, thank you for exploring this topic on Green Party Leadership. Coming up next, we consider the proposed national mental health crisis line. This is the Now News Panel on AMI.